Welcome to the latest episode of the Copcast podcast. Um, I'll be your host tonight, Dave Dunning, and I have two guests with me this evening. Um, first of all, I have Umara Naz in London. How are you tonight, Umara? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm recovering still from our exploits in midweek, but uh, getting there, getting there. Yeah, it's not been, it's not been there. <laughs> A stellar week by any means, but um, no. yeah, I'm sure we'll dissect it before long and depress ourselves further. Um, and also in Berlin, I have Neil Patterson with me. Chief, how are you tonight? Yeah, yeah, much like Umara, just kind of hanging in there. Um, had to kind of drown the sorrows on Tuesday after that. Um, luckily, it was an early enough game, so there was plenty of time afterwards. Um and yeah, just just kind of coming back around now. So I'm sure we'll pick the bones out of it tonight, like. Yeah, we will. Um, so we've had uh, we've had Arsenal last weekend, um, a one-one draw at the Emirates, which in most seasons wouldn't be a a terrible result. Um, but this season it seems like there's there's less margin for error than ever. Um, and then we had a a bit of a shock defeat. The Red Star Belgrade on Tuesday evening, as it were. Um, and that's kind of put the cat amongst the pigeons um, in, in our Champions League group. So, Umara, um, I suppose we'll, we'll start with the, we'll start with the, the Arsenal game. Um, what did you think? Um, do you think we deserved to win the match? Did you think we made enough chances? Um, where do you think? Where do you think we, we fell down those last ten minutes? I think um, if you look at the game as a whole, Arsenal were the better team. Uh, there's no doubt in that. We weren't very good, uh, but then we had a few more clear-cut chances than them as well. We had Virgil Van Dijk had a couple, didn't he? Um, that could have gone in, but um, just in general, yeah, they they were. They were a lot better than I thought they would be. I thought I, going into the game, I'd heard a lot of their defensive issues, and I thought they defended quite well actually um, in the end. But we did manage to take the lead, but then kind of yeah, the last ten minutes we gave it up, and, and that was disappointing to have been the lead in that situation. If you look like you said in the grand in grand scheme of things, a point at the Emirates isn't a bad result, but I just think that we weren't firing like we we're used to seeing us now and it's just we 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 could have been so much better and we could have gone away with the three points but it just it just didn't work out um like I said they played they played quite well I thought um considering everything I'd heard in the run-in I mean I'd heard they, their attack was good I hadn't really watched Arsenal this season to be honest that much but but I, I had heard a lot about their defense um but then again our attack hasn't been on form really has it so it could be a bit of both going on at the same time. The midfield, I thought the midfield was a little bit surprising. I, I mentioned on this pod a couple of weeks ago, I didn't think that Fabinho would start. But then again, Henderson was injured. So I don't think he had much choice. I think he struggled in that game, Fabinho. Um, whereas if Henderson had been fit, there's no way he would have even started. Henderson was a shoe-in for, the, for a big away Premier League game against Arsenal. I don't think um, Fabinho was going to start, but... You know he had limited options, but yeah, it was it wasn't that disappointing in the end, I guess. Even though giving up the lead was was hard to take, but I think like in a, an away game to one of our rivals, 
but um it's just uh, a little bit disappointing how uh we we were in the lead and then we gave it up in the end that was the thing um but i think that arsenal were the better team overall okay um yeah i think i think you're right it is a fr- it's a frustrating feeling when you're when you're close to close to three points um and you feel like you've you've done enough to win the game and you know you pointed out van dyke's chances there i think klopp said afterwards that that he would have scored a hat trick um with the three chances so uh, i think that says it all um and kind of similar similar to last year there where we you know we were we were two nil up uh, and looked to be in control and and then the the pendulum swung and, and arsenal took control of the game um and then we we eventually kind of got a point out of it but we really felt like we we should have had all three um what was your take on it, Neil? Do you think we do you think we struggled in the midfield? Because it it really looked to appear that way, um, and, and most people have commented on it. Why do you think that was? Yeah, maybe. Um, obviously, um, we didn't have many options in midfield. It's already been mentioned. Henderson was out, and even though he's he's been out for a while, um, he would have been as Amar says a shoe in for a game like that. I'm pretty sure it would have been a. When Alden Milner uh, Henderson midfield had had that option been available to him, um, Fabinho's just come into the side and had he had two good games, first two first two starts, um, and for me, a lot's been made of Fabinho's performance in some quarters. Uh, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought he was he was okay. It wasn't wasn't a major problem. It wasn't ideal. The game was a was quite quick, but. I think he, he, for the most part, he dealt with it, dealt with it all right. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of had the feeling that <clears throat> I kind of uh, have a feeling that um, I don't know. I'm not sure if I 100% agree that that Arsenal were were the were the better team over the 90 minutes. I can, I do have some sympathy with the idea that they they deserved a draw. Out of the game, and that one-one was was possibly fair, but then I, I don't know. I think we were really getting the grips with the game. Uh, let shall we say twenty to thirty minutes, that ten-minute spell. I think we'd started off quite well, uh, but Arsenal had gotten a grip of the game and had really come in into the game over the next, say, ten to twenty, ten to twenty. Um, yeah, around about ten to twenty. But then Liverpool looked. Look, we've gotten the measure of that, and we're really starting to turn the screw and scored a perfectly legitimate goal, which was ruled out for offside. And um, how it's ruled out in that situation is beyond me. He's, he's clearly behind the ball. The ball's in front. The linesman's nowhere near being being up with play. And it's a bit of a disaster, really, from him. He's, he's had an absolute mare there because it's, it's basically like giving offside from a throw-in. You know, he's behind the ball. So it's a big, it's a big turning point really in the game. If we score there, I, you know, nobody can say with any degree of surety, but I, I can envisage us going on or Liverpool going on to score another before half time and the game looking quite different and us possibly picking them off on the break in the second half and maybe coming out of there three one four one. Obviously, that didn't happen. Obviously, the officials conspired to fuck us over. And by the way, just a word on the referee. I'm pretty sure it took until the 34th minute for us to get a free kick for a foul against us. Mo Salah wasn't getting 
any change as a referee at all. It was seemed that wrestling was was all fair uh, on the football pitch again, and that uh, trying to swap shirts whilst uh, whilst um, the game's going on is is actually allowed. I don't know. Kalasnitz was getting away with with murder, basically. Yeah, there. we saw we saw that last week as well, Neil, didn't we? Absolutely, in, in the penalty and, area. Yeah, and I think just something that has been missing, and perhaps this is another thing that um, we've noticed uh, or has crept up on us with the absence of, of Jordan Henderson, is that nobody's in the referee's ear. When that is happening, somebody should be in his ear the whole time, the whole game, just on him all the time. Look what's going on there. Look at that. Stop that happening. And there's no, there's nobody there. Salah gets a little frustrated, throws his hands up in the air. But he's not the type to complain to the referee. We need we needed you, somebody doing that. And you'd, and you'd it, expect James Milner to be taking over would, that kind of role, don't he's, you? He's much more the, the lead by example, captain, isn't he? He's much more the heads down, you know, follow me, follow my lead. He's he's not regarded by all accounts as, as being a very vocal guy. Um so I don't know, maybe maybe he was kind of lacking on in that. But I mean it doesn't have to be Milner. It can be Van Dyke. It can, can be anyone. But somebody somebody has to be doing it. So I think we were a little soft in that regard. Uh, I think we allowed the referee, the officials, to to ref the game in, in quite a one-sided way. And I think we were dealt a really harsh blow by that disallowed goal whenever we were really in the ascendancy. Because you hear it all the time. You've got to score when you're on top. You've got to score when you're on top. And, and we were on top and we scored. Um, however, coming out in the second half, then the game is a, a little different. Um, we end up kind of scoring against a run of play in a way. Arsenal are sort of um, sort of in the ascendancy when we score, and the goal, the giveaway, the goal. It's it's a brilliant finish. Um, it's a brilliant pass. It's a brilliant run. Van Dijk switches off. I'm sure we've all seen the footage. He's walking. He, he switches off for a split second, and it's enough to let Lacazette. Get wrong side and and make that run in the first place, and in the end, you've got to take your hat off to him for the finish because when he goes through and the keeper comes out, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be dealt with. There's no immediate danger here, but he knows immediately. Like I said, knows immediately what he's going to do. He's going to spin him and put it in the far corner, and he does it instantly. Um, he does it so quickly that nobody can get across the cover. And if you see Gomez, I think he's about half an inch away from blocking it. Um, so it's one of them. So I think that's another reason why I feel a little bit more gutted than maybe than than Ums about the about the final result. I but it's almost a bit of a cheap goal, even though it's a, even though it's a great goal. If you, if you, it was, yeah, Trent was I, I think a little bit uh, on on. I think he was putting his hands up for offside, wasn't he, at one point, and just stopped. Yeah, and Trent then went the and then stopped up. again. If he if he'd run back, uh, he would have been able to block the ball or or force Lacazette wide. The trend switches off. Van Dijk switches off in the first place to allow the run uh, for Lacazette to get in behind. And some yeah. people had the cheek to blame Allison, which I was not happy about. Well, listen, I think you know not happy as, about that, and don't you dare. <laughs> all right, so um, just to play devil's advocate, right now, I will say this. As a caveat before I infuriate you, um, as with most goals, you know, it's very rarely one person you can squarely point the finger at. Um, generally, you know, you can look at two to three errors. And that's why goals happen, because there's two or three people making mistakes. Now, I'm not saying it's the goalkeeper's fault by any stretch of the imagination, but 
I watched it a few times and I thought to myself, would I like Alison to come out and just be Pepe Reina there? Do you know when Reina used to come out and he didn't go to ground, but he ended up just hustling him out of the box, basically? Yeah, just basically staying tight to him, staying right up his backside and making him pass the ball backwards. Um, I don't yeah, know. Possibly, possibly. I mean, he he could learn from as well. You could see, I, you could see he was disappointed in conceding the goal. You could see from from his face straight away, like and from his reaction. And it, it's so you're saying he didn't come out enough? Like he came out, he should have stayed there. Is that what you're saying? Like and not I'm, retreated I'm a saying, little bit. I'm saying not necessarily go to slide the ground, but you know, come out. Okay, stay on his feet. And stay on his feet. Because Lacazette, Lacazette's turning, he's always turning away from him. Um, so just jockey him, basically? Just jockey him. Yeah, there, there was um, questions about whether he should have come out or not. That was, I think, uh, you're, you've brought up another part of it about him staying on his feet and coming out. But I think, I think if he, he hadn't think have he come, out, come out, he would have been slapped. Yeah, exactly. He had to come out. I think he has to come out because Lacazette's like clearly getting there first and he's yeah. going to flash it. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, that's that's where Lacazette like does his damage in and around the six-yard box. He's, a, he's, a, he's, an, he's an excellent finisher. And I think, you know, as, as much as we can criticise... Any any one four, the position Lacazette's in when he takes that first touch going away from goal, he's got no right to score from there. Um, yeah, and it, it's in. It, that's what I mean. He knows straight away. I'm going to turn him and put it in the corner. It's not oh, what am I going to do here? Uh, oh, oh, I'll have a shot. It's like right, he's come to me. I'm going to spin and curl it round him because there's going to be a gap there, and he he executes it immediately. So. So it is a great finish. There, there are a few things, as you mentioned rightly, Dave, that, that conspire to, to sort of fuck us over there. But, but I do, I know Arsenal played well and they, they played really well because I have seen them play this season and they've not been anything like that. Um, certainly they weren't against Palace, uh, last week and, uh, the, I saw the first half they played against Everton. They were, they were lucky not to be going in behind in that. Um, and they had had a makeshift defense, but of course, fucking typical everybody came back to play liverpool so their their defense completely changed from having the likes of of Xhaka left back and and um whatever and having um no cover then in midfield um because jack jack is playing back there she got a weak spine the whole way through and, and so on and so forth they ended up getting their fullbacks back Xhaka went to play in midfield with Torreira and so on and, and so forth. But I still think that Liverpool, as as Umara says, created the better chances and with correct officiating, I still think would have won the game. So I'd say we're pretty unlucky on that one. Um, it's a bit annoying, but we can't, I mean, maybe jump ahead a little, but we can't get too caught up in what City are doing because if we do that, we'll end up blowing blowing our own fucking chances anyway uh, we've just got to keep winning and, and hope they slip up at some point they're bound to eventually they can't win every game and if they do essentially you've just got to take your hat off you'd rather come second than fifth yeah but they well, they did the, they didn't lose last season except to us and we've already drawn with them so I mean we, I can't see them slipping up they did, did lose they? They? they lost against United when they could have won the league at uh, at Old Trafford, wasn't it? Um, so they went. Yeah, but it was that all was done it, by was, then. That was at the that was was that at Old Trafford? I thought that was at the Etihad. 
I'm not. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not sure where it was. I know it was the, it was going to be winning the league, and I thought it was going to be at Old Trafford, but I might be wrong. Maybe it was at the end. I'm not 100 percent sure. But well, they, we're two. Didn't they lose to Wigan last year or something mad in, in a no. cup? I mean, in the league, the we were the only ones to beat them. And United, I think you're saying now, but that was it. Yeah. Well, they. They. You know, it's it's two points. Um, I think. You know. As much as we can talk about the performance and we can talk about, you know, the draws, um, you know, you've taken a point away to Chelsea, you've taken a point away to Arsenal, you've taken a point at home to City, um, and you're one of only two teams to take points off City all season. So, apart from that, you've won all your games, I think. Yeah, and I think you've just got to knuckle down now and, and win the next fucking eight. And yeah, and I think we have. Yeah, you're right, and we we have fixtures coming up where a lot of the other sides are meeting one another, and that starts at the weekend. Um, I'm not with, even worried about the league form. I'm fine with the league form, and it's just that City just seem to be better <laughs> no matter what we do. I just think they're gonna. Yeah, but they're gonna go. I mean, there is a bit of there is a bit of that. I mean, they're they're much more expensive squad, and and they've they've got more more de- strength and depth there. You, you you'd have to say, but there is also a touch of. You know the reason City are playing so well, and the reason Guardiola is is sending them out to win five and six nil every week and every game is because they're a little bit worried about us. You know they they want to they want to kind of I don't know in a way sort of psychologically make it too hard for us. You know so that every time we do have a little slip up or any time we are a little bit under par, we're looking across at them and they're six one up or they're they're you know. And they're and they're a juggernaut, but at some yeah, point their yeah. their fixtures will pile up too, and they will get some injuries, and they're you know they're not going to win every game. But that's and just it, it. Their injuries aren't going to hurt them. I mean, our injuries. If we had a couple of injuries, it would hurt us. I don't think it would hurt them. If Ederson, for example, broke his ankle, they'd be done for. <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm not oh, wishing it on. Just, I mean, they've been doing fine without Kevin De Bueno. He's their star player. Yeah, I know, but they've um, got a strength and depth there. But they've no keepers because Bravo's out, isn't he, for the season? Yeah, but your keepers are unlikely to get injured, though, are they? Well, how many times In, do you know, does a keeper get a long, long-term injury or anything yeah, like that? Ian, just, uh, yeah, Neil, I see what you're saying. Um, I think I see. What, I think you're, you're both right. I think it's it's fairly disheartening seeing seeing City do doing what they're doing when they haven't had arguably the best player in the league available all season. But at the same time, you're right. If they do get injuries in certain positions, that could hurt them. I don't think midfield is an, is an, an issue for them. I think, you know, if we take Aguero out for, for 10, 12 weeks, maybe yeah, that makes a difference. If you yeah. take Ederson out, as you say, if you maybe lose Kyle Walker for a couple of months and he's having to play somebody like Zinchenko or, or Danilo in there, you know, that could cause problems and those if they guys stop getting re- penalties for Raheem Sterling tripping over himself then that would help as well I mean I know that was Champions League but it's just kind of like the luck as well part of it yeah and yeah and and you know they, they we may never get a, another penalty at Anfield again the way things are going so um yeah I suppose I suppose that's a fair point but um I think we'll we'll move on past past the the city debate at the moment because um, pointless. It, it it pretty much is pointless. We we can we can only concentrate on what we're doing. Um, so 
we moved into into mm. Tuesday evening with a with with a, a mixed feelings amongst the fan base, I suppose, after after the the game at the Emirates, and thought this is this is a good game for us. This is a game that we can we can use to. This is a sweet yeah. rack the goal difference here. Yeah, we might be able to rest a few people. Um, and then we went out and we, we got beaten 2-0 uh, by two really poor goals and we looked pretty toothless up front and it was a fairly abject performance all round. Um, so it leaves us in a, a, a fairly precarious position in our group, not by any means um, unassailable, but um, it, it's certainly much trickier than it had to be. Um so, what do you think? What do you think went wrong, Umara? Uh, as Klopp said, <laughs> don't have enough fingers to count. But it was, um, it was just what, like um, Neil just said, after the Arsenal game, we wanted uh, to. We thought this would be the game where we, you know, it would make us feel better. You know, we'd get a nice win. And I just think we underestimated them. I think the fan base underestimated them, but we don't make the decisions. I honestly think that Klopp did as well. Um, I'm not sure if the players were complacent on the pitch, um, but I don't know about you, but when I was watching the game, you know, in previous games where we've gone behind, you kind of think we're going to turn it around. But this was had that kind of old feeling, uh, maybe not last season, maybe the season before or the beginning of last season, where once they'd scored those two goals, we, you knew we weren't going to win. You knew we weren't going to even come back and draw. You just had that feeling. We just did not look like we were going to do anything. And then you had the the substitute, the halftime. Uh, you, you know, was crying out for subs, and Klopp actually uh, actually obliged us. And, and uh, I don't know if he made the right ones. I don't agree. I don't think he did make the right ones. But still, nothing much changed. I mean, we were better because we were so crap in the first half. But just didn't work at all I just think the I don't know I think that we thought we were going to win it win this easy even I did but then as the build-up to the game was getting closer and I um you know they were talking about the the way that Red Star haven't lost at home and how the the, the stadium's really hostile and things like that I started to get a little bit more worried but I still didn't think that we'd lose I thought okay maybe worst case scenario might draw or something like that but I just said that the performance as a whole, it was one of those games we were really, really looking forward to you off all the more that you came away with such a shitty performance and a, and a, a win, uh, sorry, a loss where a win would have put us almost literally qualified, um, considering that PSG and Napoli drew after us, which was even more annoying because that draw has now put us in an, an even worse position where we need two results of all. You know, we need to win heavily in the last game of the of the group. Um, but it's just everything was wrong. The midfield wasn't creative enough. And then the subs that did come along came in defence and in attack. I think Sturridge, when he missed his sitter, obviously that's everyone's going to talk about that. And But I do think taking him off at halftime wasn't the right thing. I think even though... You know, he's not firing like we, we, you know, we always think of that 2013-14 season. I don't think we're ever going to get that back again. But I think he's been decent this season. I just think that he provides something a little bit different, like the Chelsea draw. 
we weren't drawing that game if he hadn't have come on and tried the shot from outside the box. That's something like that's what we needed in this game. But then we ended up with the same three that that like to have the ball played to their feet all the time. And then you just had these players just sitting in a wall at the end of their penalty area. And we weren't going to get through them like that. So I think I just thought taking Sturridge off was just making him a scapegoat again. I don't think he was that bad. Yeah, the miss was bad and it might have changed the way that the game went. But I just thought he provided something a little bit different. I think Gomez and Van Dijk should have started. Okay. Go on. Yeah, go on. Um, no, I, w- I was just going to say um, that I-, I get your point on Sturridge. Um, and he has been fairly productive this year. But in saying that, and this is just my opinion, if he's not going to stick chances like that away, then, you know, I'm struggling to see. We need to accommodate him up to a point in that side and we need to work differently. Um, I think Salah takes up a different position on the pitch. Um, I think occasionally Sturridge drops deeper than he has to. I don't necessarily think that he has the stamina or the legs to get about the pitch, particularly the way Firmino does. And I I, I honestly do believe that it, it looks to me as though he still doesn't quite trust himself trust his body, but maybe that's just, maybe that's just the player that he is now. And maybe that's just the, the effect and the tolls of the injuries over the years have had on him. Um, so I don't know. Um, I suppose we'll, we'll see. Um, the substitutions were drastic, but you know, I think it's difficult for us to understand how, how far off, um, how far away, from the instructions that, that a couple of those players were given, um, that they were from actually carrying them out in the pitch. And I think we've seen Shakiri getting hooked half time previously in the season, even when he's been playing well, because he hasn't, it's, it's been deemed that he hasn't necessarily been following the manager's instructions properly. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's a reason that, that's a, that, that's one of the reasons that Milner plays all the time. That's one of the reasons that, um, you know, Henderson plays all the time because Klopp can trust him to go out and do exactly what he wants them to do in the pitch. And I, I don't know, did, did any of you guys watch watch Monday Night Football? Um, Darren Fletcher? Yeah, I saw bits of it. Yeah, so, you know, what Fletcher said was, you know, how, how, he, earned, how he earned the manager's trust and, and why he played the big games um, and why he was asked to go and do do a job in, in important matches was that he, he earned the manager's trust because he did exactly, he just basically did exactly what he was told all of the time. And his one motivation was to, to, to have Sir Alex Ferguson saying to him, you've done a good job, to constantly impress the manager. Um, and I feel that there's, there's players that do that all the time and, and we under, we undervalue them based on what we deem as their technical ability, etc. Um, I'm not sure that he was taken off for that reason. I think it was purely purely because we were losing and he needed to change something. And, you know, for him, he would need to go back to what he what we all know, which is Salah, Mane and Firmino. That's what I think. I don't think it was anything particularly that he didn't follow instructions or he wasn't doing the job properly. I think that he made that change. The thing is, I don't think he should have made that many changes. Personally, I think we should have put out our strongest team against Red Double Grid. We had flipping Fulham on the weekend shit team at the bottom yeah, of the league. I mean, I, now I said that, obviously, probably lose, but and they, they've shipped 30 goals in 10 games. That was the time you do bring on Sturridge and you can bring on Lovren and you can bring on 
whoever else you want to play. You, we needed to win that game. Because yeah. now, like you said, wherever, look, I would love to think that we can get through and I hope to God we do. But really, we've put ourselves in a really tricky situation now because we need to we need to we need two results now. Because yeah, if we, we don't win go, against Paris Saint Germain, we need to beat PSG. That's the main to thing. To qualify, beat, I mean, to, leaving it to the last match day and having to beat Napoli by two goals, I'm not too yeah, confident so if about we go that. Go to Paris myself. and and beat them, then we're through. We've then made it for ourselves. There's no yes, doubt. Yes, that's the thing, and I think that, that you know, when when you've got, if we had Ch- um, Chelsea at the weekend, if we had. Um, a, a decent team at the weekend, a, a rival at the weekend. I can understand him making those changes, but we had Fulham at the weekend, and I don't know why he needed to to make those changes in this yeah, game. Yeah, I think but, he, I think he underestimated them. Yeah, to be honest, I think he wholly underestimated them. Yeah, and I mean we did as well. I, I to be honest, honest, I thought we'd beat them as well. Institution. I just think that uh, yeah, he made two changes, but for me, he needed to change the midfield. Exactly. We we touched on Fabinho. He changed the two areas that didn't actually urgently need to be changed. Mm, exactly. Um, yeah. I and he had Cater on the bench. If he's he not 100 fit, why is he there? Yeah, Fabinho as well. And and yeah. the big thing is that we said we commented on Fabinho in the Arsenal game. We said maybe maybe it was a tad too quick for him, but I said certainly that he, he acquitted himself all right. Although some picked him out as having had a terrible game, but I don't think he did. Um, Against Red Star in the first game, he was imperious. It's exactly the kind of game that would have suited him. Um, it's it's the system we've been playing for the last three or four games. Uh, and for me, it didn't make sense to to flip back to four three three and to make those changes last night. Having said that, Matip coming in wasn't a big deal for me because um, yeah, he's he's our fourth choice centre back, and because Dejan Lovren gets sick every time a mouse sneezes, we're you know we're going to need him when when we can't go with our first two. Uh, Lovren apparently travelled, but was 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 ill before the game or some nonsense. He's got a temperature, again. I think, overnight or something. Yeah, some guff. Um, and those uh, those air cabin um, air conditioners, like those first class or private, you know, air conditioned jets. Yeah, know, defo. They're a fucking health hazard to everybody. They shouldn't be allowed. So I mean, Lovren's an issue. We don't need to to waste too much time on him. So Madip coming in makes sense. We're going to need him to play. Uh, him and Van Dyke haven't played together very often. So um, so obviously you might get a few teething problems. We know Trent. Is not in the best of form at the moment. He had a pretty poor game against Arsenal. He had been in and out before that. And it looks like he's having a dip in form, which is perfectly acceptable, perfectly normal for a young player. So so you've got issues in, in the back four there. But I think the big problem was we had absolutely no control of the ball in midfield. And I think that, you know, Shakiri got mentioned there in another context. First of all, I think that was Liverpool's first mistake I don't have a clue what you're doing leaving Shakiri at home in the first place um, but did you disagree at the time because I, personally I didn't disagree at the time I thought okay maybe I, he's I doing did. it to keep I, focus and stuff like that but now in hindsight I, I it's a bad decision handing the initiative to the Red Star it was immediately giving them a psychological boost 
Oh, they're Plus, not. Plus, I think Shakiri would have been pumped to play this game Absolutely. even more so. It Absolutely. would have given him an in- incentive to go out and prove himself he even more. He would have more. been more pumped than exactly. any player out there. He would have been and more he's our most creative player at the moment. Player. And a third point on this is that if you're playing Adam Lallana, right, you've already decided if you're playing Adam Lallana as a third part of midfield, you've already decided that you're basically playing a semi-attacking midfielder in the midfield three. If you're going to play that way, you cannot leave Shakiri at home because you've only then got Lalana as your option. We've already said Henderson wasn't there. Kaida, he doesn't feel as fit enough or ready to come on. So you, you're literally leaving yourself only a guy who's played, what, two hours of football in the last two seasons. And it's debatable whether he, he even at his peak... He would be um, he would be right for this team anyway. He's come in and for me, you're playing with two midfielders from the very beginning because off the ball, he's absolutely nowhere. He spent more time on the floor in that first half than yeah than a mop does. You know, it it was it was pretty it was pretty obvious from the get go that we were hugely light in midfield and. Maybe the substitutions at halftime are in an effort to kind of bypass the midfield in a way, bring in Gomez for more direct passing, straight, direct kind of vertical passing, um, bring on, bring on Firmino and, and try and get your, your preferred front three. But for me, I don't see why you take Sturridge off. You're chasing two goals. Um, leave, leave a striker on the pitch. Do something else. You know, take, take Lalana off and drop Bobby back or drop Sturridge in if you want to play like that because Lalana is a complete wasted shirt. And for me on this, yeah, going back to the security thing, all those three reasons stand up massively. First of all, it's a psychological bonus for the Red Star and their fans before you even get there. Second of all, you're well. You're clearly underestimating them as well. You're clearly saying, "Well, we'll be all right without one of our first team players here." And let's be honest, he is a first team player at the moment. He's certainly if he's first sub, if not in the starting eleven. You're you're leaving out a player who's going to be absolutely psyched for the game, and uh, and at the same time, you're leaving yourself no options if you want to play the way that you've started. So I think it was a, a bit of a head fuck all round. I think Klopp maybe made a few, you know, calls that on another day he would have done something else and things could have gone differently. Having said that, if Sturridge bundles that in at the, at the, after 15 minutes, then we probably win the game. Um, very annoying that we let um, the, you know, an extra from Deliverance uh, look like an absolute world beater. <laughs> and here, I'll tell you what, Wijnaldum, as good as he's been, was so poor for that he, goal. He was. He, managed he, managed to, he just so, let him he, run, didn't he? He managed to stay wrong side of him for probably 30 yards. Yeah. And if he can't get goal side of him, then kick bring him. Bring him down. Just fucking bring him down. If you can't get both sides, just kick him. Yeah, I don't think it. anyone expected it. I mean, I know he was he was getting ready to hit hit it. Even Allison looked like he reacted a second late, and he would have saved it if he'd have reacted just half a second earlier. He yeah, just, I, get, I don't think I get, any, yeah. yeah, nobody thought he was going to hit a shot, I and the shot you're was saying, good. Lins. I get what you're yeah, saying, but you, you're, you're, you're playing Champions League football. And yeah. if you don't think that players you're playing against, regardless of which team it is or how we view them, don't have that in their locker, even once out of 100, then you're mistaken. 
because well, of course we were mistaken that's why we lost well well that's yeah. it so you know we're, we're maybe so basically what we're, we're saying there overall is it's an absolute shit show we're not happy with the squad we're not happy with the team we're not happy with the subs we think the players were complacent we underestimate the opposition and we got exactly what we deserved yeah pretty much, pretty much. i mean in a okay that's pretty much <laughs> i mean the thing i suppose the question is now and we'll probably come on to talk about it like is um is can we put this in a box and write it off as something well, like that or is this a is this a, another example of the kind of wider semi malaise that seems to be sort of going on with us at the moment even though we're we're still doing really well in the league i mean it's a third successive away defeat. Yeah. Never, Liverpool has never done that uh, ever, I think, yeah. in history, as if, if I'm right. Yeah. So that was Roma, um, Napoli, and that. And then we didn't have a shot for 90 minutes at Napoli, and I think for the first 60 minutes against Red Star were great. Yeah, that we're is not chances, and it's becoming a becoming a theme rather That's than a problem rather yeah. than an abnormality because. The, the reason why we were so great, and the reason why everyone thinks we're so great, and I'm talking about the the, the, the fans of other clubs and stuff, the reason why we're favourites for the title and uh, we're favourites to may, be making a, a title challenge anyway and so on is, is not because we were absolutely fantastic for every game last season and we steamrolled teams and we were a juggernaut and whatever, but it was because we, we were creating nine chances in a game and scoring five of them. Yeah, we could we could we could put a team away in twenty minutes last year. We could destroy well, them because we would second half open of up. last year. Yeah, but absolutely. Well, from from kind of from from November, late November onwards through Christmas. Yeah. So this is what I was going to come on to, Chief. Um, do um, it's been documented well that our 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 form hasn't been great. Although we look a more robust side, or whatever way you want to put it, which I don't necessarily buy into, I just think we're better at the back, and we're just not playing as well as we were the other end of the pitch. I think personally, a lot of that's got to do with the lack of the likes of an Oxley Chamberlain being in there, um, and someone to link the play. But it's it's three wins in our last nine. Is that right? Yeah, three and nine. Three in our last nine. Um, however, we're still, you know. Yeah. We're still we're still where we are, which is is not a bad place to be. And you know, if someone offers you this at the start of the season to say, here's where here's your league position, here's your league points, here's your Champions League position, here's your Champions League points, you'd probably take it. But is there a possibility that this is this season's Spurs moment? After you would hope. You would hope that this is the rock bottom. This is this is the 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 point of. Uh, uh, yeah, of of um, the the worst point of the season, shall we say? I mean, it doesn't really get much worse in in Champions League terms if you think about it. I mean, this is the equivalent of essentially in the Champions League. It's essentially, I suppose, the equivalent of going away to maybe Cardiff and getting beat. Well, this is this is United going away to Young Boys and losing, isn't it? Yeah, basically. That's- I mean, obviously, Red Star are are. In the year, you know, given their record at home and so on, they drew in Napoli, whatever, whatever. They're unbeaten in in a hundred years at home and so on. They obviously are much better at home than they are away, but at the same time, everybody chalked those two games down as six points at the start of the season. 
So, you know. The thing is, in the beginning of the, when when we got this group, it was a difficult, compared to last year, the group we had last year, and we left that till the last match day. This was meant to be a difficult group to get out of. And the thing is, because we started so well, now we're disappointed. We're actually, it's where we were probably around about where we were supposed to be. I think the Paris result at Anfield, we nicked that at the last minute. So it's kind of... I think... I know what you mean, and that I mean I think there's a lot in that, and in, in especially in what uh, Dave mentioned, it, it it all kind of ties in that if you'd been offered this at the start of the season, you you would have taken it, and and so on, and it's it's absolutely valid. But yeah, the point you make is as well, it's that that, that because of the sequence of results mm. and the fact that we started off so well, and now it seems that there's a growing body of evidence to suggest mm. that we're tailing off. A bit. It's, anno- it's annoying. We could have had it in the bag after four games. Now we haven't. Yeah, I mean, but we never do. We, pre- we would have been almost qualified then, wouldn't we, if we'd have never won do. on we Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, we never make it easy on ourselves, and it always seems to seems to go this way. Um, so let's hope that you know it, it, it pans out. It pans yeah. out as it as it has done for us in the past when we we make things difficult for ourselves and then rise gloriously from the ashes to rescue something that should have been done weeks before. I mean, I've got no uh, no doubts that we're absolutely capable of going to PSG and winning in the next game. I'm not saying we definitely will. We could easily draw or lose as well because obviously PSG are formidable and particularly at home. But we have beaten them once already this season and it it would be quite like us to go there and, and turn them over and, 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 you know, and make sure of it. Then, but in a much harder game uh, on paper, anyway. But yeah, I mean, you want you you do want it to be rock bottom, and you want that the signs of what looks like it might be something bigger to go away <laughs> and and be proven to be just a, just a blip and just early season stutterings and and whatever. Um, are, the, the are, are any of, of you guys of the theory that Buvac leaving is the, and he's taken our attacking flair with him? I've talked about this for months. I mean, I think I've talked about this on Twitter about six months ago, maybe maybe four months ago, suggesting that this might be a bigger deal than anyone was making out. I mean, obviously nobody really knows, but he was touted and has been touted throughout his and Klopp's combined career as being the brains and um, obviously when he left we were briefed or we were told the journalists reported that you know that, that Buvac hadn't been around the squad for the first team squad for quite a while and that this had been coming for quite a long time and that it wasn't wasn't going to be a big deal basically the message was situation normal not going to make any difference not going to make any difference at all it is somewhat of a coincidence to then have a team six months later uh, that's gone from being able to rip teams apart at will and, and making every correct decision in the final third to a team that looks rudderless almost in the final third at times and bereft of ideas and almost um, almost at some points um, Brandon Rogers-esque. Uh, at, in the bad times, when when we were just getting to the final third and and nothing was happening, um, it hasn't gone that far yet, of course, and it might 
might not be connected. It might just be form and, and different personnel and, and tiredness after the World Cup and so on and so forth. But you would imagine that if Klopp has spent a career working with this guy, that he wasn't doing nothing um, and that maybe we are, we, we need a replacement. If obviously he's not going to come back, perhaps we need uh, some kind of uh, fresh impetus in there to to help us because it looks like it's going still. But then this is all conjecture. I mean, what do you think, Holmes? I have no idea. I've just seen this theory being, um, I've seen mostly people shutting down anyone who says it, to be honest. This is what I'm seeing. So there are some people who are saying that, oh, it's, um, you know, like you said, he's, he's called the brain, isn't he, of the of yeah. the kind of the trio that him, I think it's Peter Krawitz, isn't it, the other one? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be able to tell you. I, he didn't seem to be like Mr. Personality, but... no. Maybe he's had he had an effect on the players that well he you just he, don't know like you said we're just guessing yeah. now it could be anything it could be I the fact we weren't very good this time last season as we said so and then we picked it up afterwards so hopefully yeah. it's pretty it's the same thing we won't know I suppose until for another few months and if, if it That's continues it. if it continues into the future then I suppose then maybe there's that theory might hold a little bit of a weight but I just threw it in there I just wanted to know your thoughts. Yeah, well, as you say, the body of evidence isn't isn't really big enough. The sample yeah. size isn't isn't really big enough. But but it is it is a theory that seems legitimate uh, given the circumstances, and it, it seems absolutely naive to think that Klopp worked with him for for twenty years for for no reason and that he added nothing. I um, don't know why he left either. Yeah, absolutely. And and the, you did notice him, um, you know, getting very involved. When when we scored certain goals and whatever, he he would be the one going nuts. Him and Klopp would be hugging, you know. It was I think very the timing of his leaving was quite weird. Weeks because it week before the final. Yeah, well, I think that, that they've had, they've odd. had a they've had a long history of of falling out and falling back in again and and um, having bus stops, so to speak. Um, at the same time, you know, it's it's not like we haven't played with. A lack of attacking threat in in the past. It's not what we haven't had periods or patches like this in the past um, under Klopp. And I think you know we looked from you know December onwards last year, and probably more so from you know late December onwards, where we really really clicked clicked into this attacking juggernaut. Um, it was around about now, wasn't it? Really. It's from the Maribor game onwards. Yeah, that we really yeah. So, really uh, totally. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if it. I don't think it's. It's. A, I don't think it would be anything like a case of of we've had sleeves and and yeah, everything goes to shit and and nobody can remember what they're meant to do and so on and so forth. But I think perhaps just that that input from somebody you are that close to somebody you do have you know such a strong relationship with and you respect and that has worked for so long maybe he was the obviously he must have been a counterbalance if they've fallen out loads of times they obviously knock heads they obviously disagree about things and maybe just not having that person there colors and can color obviously would color yeah. certain decisions because you're not getting the pushback on on certain things that you're thinking and and so on and so forth. But that's why I think some kind of replacement might be necessary because, you know, 
they always had them, didn't they? All the top managers, they always have someone they can they can bounce off. In general, uh, Ferguson used to replace his assistants quite frequently, but he would rely on them as well. Um, so I don't know. It, it's one of them. But yeah, I can understand that it's something that when people mention on Twitter, they get shut down pretty quickly because it it threatens the it threatens the narrative. Um, yeah, that some people have, but. In general, it's probably a bit early to say as well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's in no way to diminish it, what's been achieved and what is currently being achieved. I think the, the fear is that uh, uh, the hope and the fear at the same time is that um, that this is a one off, that this isn't a pattern and that we don't kind of see what is a massively, massively promising Liverpool squad kind of tail off and, and not achieve what it should achieve. Okay, so um, let's let's hope this is more of a a, a Paco Arestrin scenario where we yeah. where we kick on and and yeah. basically it doesn't look like it's had any impact at all, um, and we get back to get back to enjoying the sort of football that we come became to love last year. So well, I suppose that takes us to. Uh, Takes us to the Fulham game and what we're gonna, what we hope to see from that. They're, 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 to say fairly porous at the back is is doing them a doing them a kindness because they're absolutely awful going backwards. Um, yeah, what we we hope we hope that we're gonna see um see a, a fairly dominant attack and display. But just before we come to that, guys, I, I wanted to know what your thoughts were on, on the midfield. Um, I saw I saw a statistic that he's used eight different eight, eight different midfield combinations this year already. Um, it might actually even have been nine. So Kaida hasn't quite settled just yet. I think he's 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 had a couple of, of niggling injuries. He, he's openly admitted that you know he's doing his best to learn English because there's, there's a bit of a language barrier there. It's making it more difficult than it needs to be for him. Fabinho had his critics at the weekend, and, and we know that he's going to take time. We've got Henderson um, has done that thing now where he, he looks a better player when he's not there, possibly, uh, and people are, 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 are screaming for him now that he isn't on the pitch. Um, but he's he's he has his, his injury issues, and we've got Milner and Wijnaldum, who, on the back of all of that, have played a lot of football. Um, so you know, what do you think? Where do you think our, our best, you know, our ideal options are? And that you know, that includes Shakiri, who's been bit part so far as well. What would you like to see um, in the Fulham game, Chief? Um, it's it's obviously difficult. I mean, the big problem we've had, I think, in midfield this year is getting the balance between. Um, getting the press going and well, getting the press going smoothly in the first place, but also getting the balance between um, the energy, the press, and then the and the creative creativity. Obviously, I mean, when Adam's done really well this season, really stepped up, probably being our player of the season. Well, certainly in with a shout of being our player of the season up until maybe the last last game or two. Um, Obviously, James Milner, again, I think he's proven himself to every single Liverpool fan now. I don't think there's a Liverpool fan that isn't happy when he's when he's on the team sheet. Having said that, again, he's 
he's getting older. There's a lot of games, and he's not always in tip-top shape. Um, you can't rely on him for, for every single game. Hendo's got his injury issues. Kaida, you mentioned. Fabinho is settling in. Um, I, th- I actually think Fabinho needs to be needs to be utilised a little bit more in the in the roving role, in the box-to-box role, where he's actually more comfortable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Shakiri has done well, but uh, by many accounts, Klopp's not happy with certain things in his game at the moment either, particularly in terms of positioning, when off the ball, and, and also when to press, uh, and when not to. So yeah, there's he said one- so. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of talk came back that um, during the the game, the Huddersfield game, where he starts and he plays in midfield and he creates the goal for Salah, that Klopp spent the whole time he was on the pitch ordering him where to be off the ball, basically, um, and that that was the reason why he was hooked at at half time in the in the Southampton game because he wasn't happy with our shape off the ball. Um, so that's something obviously they're they're probably working on, um, but for me he's the only one at the moment in the absence of a fit and 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 settled Nabi Kaida that is offering any creativity from the midfield. Um, Hendo's out, so we're not getting any of of his when he's on his game, his his direct passing, his forward passing, his diagonal passing. Um, Wijnaldum isn't really that kind of player and, and generally he's being asked to play the six as well. Um, Milner, yeah, he's got, he, he has got decent vision and he can, he can link up, but again, he's not the most creative midfielder. He's not what you would call a creative midfielder. So you've, and Lalana's not, not with it at this point. Um, whether he will be again is, is a matter that's up for debate, but he's not there at this point. So you've really only got Shakiri in there. So saying that, I mean, Fulham, Amaro was saying, have leaked 30 goals in, in 10 games. Um, they're shocking. Uh, at one point, it looked like they were maybe going to be the, the team that comes up that um, that plays kind of attractive football and maybe loses some games 3-1 or whatever, but wins other, other games, you know, and, and is involved in exciting games. That was true for a little while, but I think results... Uh, and the lack of them have got gotten the better of them, and I think that uh, Yukanovic is is a dead man walking. I'm just over the moon that they haven't sacked him and they didn't sack him after the Huddersfield game because I think that was a that was a real a real hammer blow for them because, like I said, if if they were going to be the team that picks up some points here and there, I mean Huddersfield was a team that they they would have wanted to beat and they they lost that game with a whimper. Uh, never really looked like trouble in Huddersfield. Um, Huddersfield, of course, scored with a deflected goal, but but I mean that was in the first half, and then Fulham never looked like coming back. So I'd like to see Shakiri start. I think you probably bring uh, Fabinho back in for this game, and uh, I think Cato will come in. I think I read somewhere that he's ready. Well, that would be nice. That would be awesome because I mean I think ideally what he would have wanted club was a, a Fabinho Kaida. Um, first Shakiri. two in midfield. Um, mm. you know, for the I think Shakiri will play as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then your um, and then your ability to rotate the other one. You've got Wijnaldum, you've got Milner, you've got Henderson. 
And we haven't seen that yet. We haven't had a chance, first of all, uh, Fabinho was settling in and not getting a game, and then Kaida's been injured. So it would be great. It'd be great to see Naby Kaida. And if that happens, let's, you know, I'd be really excited to see if he is a bit more settled and, and, and firing and we see the best, some, something like what he can do. It's been a bit stop-start for him, though, isn't it? So he hasn't been given that yeah. afforded that opportunity. So hopefully he can. Well, now we've got international break coming up to like. Yeah, and that's a killer. I mean, I was just <sighs> so annoying. Typical Naby Kaida is getting fit again for the international break. He'll go and play with Guinea on a on a pitch which is full of potholes and come back injured again. Oh, God. Good news is that Brazil are staying in the UK. Nice. Both games. So that's cool. a good one thing. They had, you know, 14-hour flight on the way back. Mm. So that's quite good for all our players. I think both their games, one's in the Emirates and the other one's somewhere else. But, yeah, they're, they're not going to be travelling very far. So hopefully we can get everyone back in one piece. Yeah, I mean, I mean the key is to, to try and get that, that link between midfield and attack. And I think that's really why our attack has been so uh, influent. Uh, I think it's so, kind of the fact that we don't have the, the link, the fourth man, to, to cause the issues. So on that safety, do you and, and Amara as well, do you, do you think we're still one short? Yeah, I think we were. We are one short now that we've had the injuries and the fact that, that Kaida hasn't really settled. Um, I think that we we wanted a Fakir. You know, we, we put the money down, we had him in a shirt. So there was no doubt that we wanted to do that deal. And we were already heavily, heavily linked with Shakiri, and it looked like that deal was going to be done too. So the idea that Shakiri was a some some kind of a second choice uh, doesn't really stack up for me. And yeah, I, think, I agree. I don't think he's an alternative at all. I think he's a uh, he's he's a wild card for the money that the money that was paid for him. Absolutely, and he was more likely to be, you know, certainly at the time thought of as an impact player and whatever. Whereas Fakir was going to be that fourth fourth wheel essentially, and you need that to, to really pull defences and other teams apart. You need numbers. And I think, you know, you you notice that as well. When we attack now, people are talking and, and you hear it. Oh, why, why are the front three so far apart from each other? There seems to be much more distance. They're not playing with, with as much fluency. They're not linking up in the same way. It's because there's one fewer. <laughs> Essentially, we've got one, one player fewer. And um, it's, it's, it's beginning to tell. Because if you've got, if you, if you don't have as many players, the ones you've got have to do more running. They're in different positions. They're picking the ball up deeper. They're tired by the time they get to the danger area. They've already beaten three men. You know, we were having this problem. We've had this problem at various points in the past. But we had Mil. Was it Milner, Henderson, and Wijnaldum who played the, the kind of latter stages of the last? And we had Oxley Chamberlain, didn't we, as well? But obviously he, he became injured. Yeah. That was that was our midfield last season as well. With us scoring yeah, but we had Coutinho hundreds in the of thousands half. of goals. We had in the first half of last season. Mm, I'm talking about the end, you know, the second half of the season. And when then we had Chamberlain until March because he played in the played in the city. Um, in the city. Isn't it in the Roma game that he, he got injured? Yeah, the exactly. So to the end of the season we had him because the Roma game is, is April, isn't it? Yeah, and I think at the Roma games, it's the, it's the first leg of the semi-final, so that's you know that's you moving absolutely into the business end of the season. And, and let's be honest, we had that we had that tie wrapped up. Um, yeah, we had after it, the first we, leg. Yep, after after that as well, we did. Well, we, we did. Final we did. 
games and we and lost. And what we did, um, we, get, we lost we get, against Roma in the second we, leg. Yeah, we got spanked at Roma, and we we kind of put it down to we're, we're oh, keeping we were our fine. we're we're, ke- we're keeping our legs to the final. We're keeping yeah. our legs to the final, and and you know maybe that is a maybe that is a symptom of of not having that type of player because I think yeah. that yeah absolutely Oxley Chamberlain. Um, you know, he scored. He scored in, in both home games against City last year, didn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, so that was both games as well. Was, that's know. right. And that's the 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 City game in the league. That was New Year's Day or the day after New Year's Day. Um, yeah. So you know, I I think there's there's definitely an issue there, and and I, I really, don't go yeah. ahead, Neil. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be really interested to see if he can get get Kaida to be that that player, or whether we are going to go back into the market in in January. Um, get because, him back for Fakir or not? <laughs> well, well, that's the only one, the only one that would make sense. I mean, I don't know. They've, they've maybe got a list or whatever, but just because we've said we're not going to do it, it kind of makes me think we probably are <laughs> in that sense, given given our recent maybe, history. But, maybe Fakir is this season's Van Dyke. Yeah, I mean, there is there is uh, there is a chance that that could happen. I mean, his price is bound to be lower now. He's bound to be more desperate to leave. Leon are bound to want to, to sell him now because his price is, is only going down and so on and so forth. It just depends whether we were we completely believed that story we released about his knee being basically held together by chewing gum or whether we that was kind of a, a bargaining point and we, we said, well, we'll leave it for six months and take 15 million. Yeah, I think because obviously the, the inter- I don't know if you've seen the YouTube video of the interview that he no, gave. No. It was in the LFC shirt and everything. So yeah, yeah. obviously yeah. the club backed out at some point for whatever reason, the knee or the second medical or whatever it was, I think I yeah. heard. It's a little bit like Ross Barkley in Chelsea, isn't it? Didn't he pull out of a, a, a move to Chelsea during the medical or something, and then six months later he goes on a free or he goes for half the price yeah. or whatever? So hopefully we can get him in. And you never know, but January. we need someone because you, we mentioned Oxley Chamberlain, we mentioned Coutinho before that, and we had those players for the majority of last season, one or the other being that that extra wheel, and um, yeah, we're missing it. You know. Yeah, I think I think what we do miss and, and Shakiri does provide this and you've seen the space that, that opens up when Shakiri's on the pitch yeah. because he, he he commits men and he can beat men and, and he sees a path that, that, that people like Milner and, and Henderson and Ronaldo just, just won't see or, or can't play. And um I think Well he's like a Lilana but on steroids, isn't he? He's like ten times, you know. He's a, he's a rich man's Lalana at this point. Yeah, he's, he's so busy. He's, he's so busy. Player. He's so energetic. Um, you just know that something's going to happen when he's got the ball. He's had a couple of assists he, already, I think. Exactly, and he, he's the one. He's the one that doesn't mind giving it away the odd time because he's trying something. Because he'll try something every time he gets the ball, and it might not come off a few times, but when it does, it'll be worth it. Yeah, absolutely, and I think with 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 players like that, that's that's I don't necessarily think that's something that can be coached. I think that's a personality or mentality thing that you want to play that pass, and you you want to you know you you want to see the pass that nobody else sees, and you want to be able to play it, and um, you want to put someone away on goal, and you want to do the unexpected, and you want to lift the crowd, and you want to excite people. Um, 
and there's players that just can't help themselves and they're you know Sturridge is a good example of that where you know he doesn't really ever do the simple thing he I think there was wasn't there an occasion on there was one infuriated me on Tuesday night where he took the ball on the edge of the box and he held it and he turned and Trent was on his outside it was a simple pass on the outside from the edge of the box just to put him in to flash one across goal and he blams one into the stand with his right foot and he turns he sees the goal and he just can't help himself he won't do the simple thing and sometimes that pays off like Chelsea like that on the pitch is is the ability to be creative and and upset defenders and unsettle defenders and drag people out of position because they don't know what you're going to do with the ball and I think you guys are right we don't have players that will commit defenders at the moment coming from that midfield three Um, and you know you've mentioned Shakiri, you've mentioned Coutinho you've mentioned Oxley Chamberlain and you've mentioned Fakir and there's four that could have done or could have potentially been that player and We've got one out of four at the moment. And I think you're probably right, guys. I think we, we are one short. Um, but anyhow, I think um, I think that just about does it. Ooms, um, have you got a, a prediction for early, early, early doors Sunday morning, which I'm not loads happy about because I'm at a wedding on Saturday night? You have to get <laughs> up early, aren't you? Nightmare. Not drink as much. I know, and I'm up. I'm I'm up. I'm about an hour and a half up the road too, so it's gonna have to be up early, early, and get well, back. I've got guests coming for lunch, so I'm gonna have to get up early and make sure I've done everything before twelve o'clock, which is annoying as well. So I don't know predictions. I mean, I hope we win. I think we'll win. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm what glad kind you of... feel that way. <laughs> Everything's just gone to pot this week. You know, they've really knocked us, haven't they? Okay, so are we gonna? Is this this is this the the watershed moment, um, yes. a la Wembley last year? And if so, yeah. what the is timing the fits as be? well? Wembley last year was the end of October, so this is kind of a similar time. So yes, I hope so. And and Fulham's the best kind of team really to be playing. She says <laughs> hmm. after to be able to get you know banging a few goals, but you just never know. So you never know. So, I have you, no idea. So you don't know then. Okay. No, so Amara doesn't know. Amara doesn't know. on the fence. She's exactly. actually super glued to the fence. Now, there. inside, I'm really confident that we're going to get a win and we're going to get a good win because we're at home as well. But you just, you know, this team just has a way of, you know, it's just broken my trust a bit this week. I'm going to have to have to work to restore it. All right, Chief, um, give me something to work with, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we, nobody expected, obviously, to, to lose the Red Star. But if we were not to get the win against Fulham, it would be uh, an absolute disaster. So, I mean, you'd be looking you'd be looking at heads falling off all over the place if that were to happen. Um, oh, and the international break would last 150 yeah, years. <laughs> it would be the worst result ever. I mean, it would I have, be terrible, do this Fulham team in a couple of full games this year and, and they are getting worse and worse. The belief is gone, I think, in the manager. The manager's made more changes, I think, than any other manager in the league this season. He has a new back four every week. 
And yeah, I think they've 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 basically they're hitting rock bottom. I think the one they lost to, to Huddersfield was the rung before rock bottom, and hopefully when we turn up at Craven Cottage, a five 0 win should be should be absolute rock bottom for them. So it's at Anfield, isn't it? Is it? I think it's in a way. It, no, it's our only home game this month. Yeah, it's at Anfield. We're oh, away no, for the whole better. month. Yeah, even better. They're terrible. All right, so we're looking we're looking seven then. I mean, that's the only result that would actually make us feel better. We really do need to have a big win. We need to rack it up. We need to rack up a win. We need to play fluently. We need to look like a force again. We need to not stutter over the line and win 1-0 and look solid and and unexciting and and so on. Although I still would be happy with any kind of win. But yeah, you're right. A a good performance because that's that's what's been the issue lately, isn't it? You need Pretty much all season, to be honest. Performances breed confidence. Breed confidence in the fans and they breed confidence in the players. And, you know, you can talk about, and we always do, our wins a win and whatever. But if if you're hanging on and if you're edging games, yeah, it's good to get the points, but you always have that in the back of your mind. Fuck, we were a bit lucky there, or yeah. we held on. It's not there. good for the players, really, is it? Well, yeah, I think you're looking, at, particularly from a fan's perspective, you're looking at where's where's the next loss coming from. Exactly, and then that transmits to the mood of the fans, which transmits to the mood of the players, and and so on and so forth. And it's a, a circle. So yeah, I I am confident. They're bottom of the league. They've conceded a record number of goals for any team in any Premier League season at, at this stage. I think Liverpool win. I think we win comfortably. I'd say we win four, maybe five. Um, and the one thing I hope more than anything is that if Naby kind of plays, that we see we see a good link and a good fluency between all parts of the all parts of the team. And and it's not this disjointed um yeah, kind of shadow of of what we can be that we've been seeing in the in the last few weeks. So that would be my two big hopes: one, a big win, but two, a fluent performance, and we banish the ghost of Red Star and go off under the international break happy. Okay, lovely. Um, well, let's hope you're right. Fulham are annoying me a whole lot at the minute because they're um, they're kind of fucking with my tip for Southampton to go down. Um, Huge, by the way, that there are honestly teams that are worse than them. Jesus Christ! Honestly, How is he still in the job? I thought he was gone after the six-one last week. I don't know how he's. I don't even know how he's in that job in the first place. It's absolutely bizarre. Um, he's. I, I have a real issue with Mark Hughes. I just think he's an awful, awful manager. He, he destroys. He, he destroys squads. He pulls them apart. He can't buy players. He doesn't know what type of football he wants to play. Um, and he, and he ends up no, he ends up doing nothing in between, and then when things don't go his way, he blames the referee. Yeah. So and he still um, gets jobs. I wonder how these people do it. Well, this is this little. Can you imagine little, if we were that incompetent at our jobs, we would never be employed again ever. Well, this is the this is the glory of the 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 uh, Premier League manager merry-go-round, isn't it? Your Allardyces and Hodgsons and Pulises and Pardews and. Mark Hughes and players like this. Moy, David, yeah, David Moyes, they could continue to pop up and get jobs until they get bored or until they realistically... And most of them go to clubs twice. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Pardew's been at Palace about three times, I think. It's absolutely mental. Mark um, Hughes at Stoke. 
Did oh. he relegate, try to relegate two teams in one season? <laughs> he, he nearly did. He nearly did. Um, <laughs> that would have been but anyway, yes. Um, so Fulham have annoyed me that much. I, I really actually wanted to get absolutely battered. So yeah, let's let's hope for uh, let's hope for a, a game where we can sit down and we're three 0 up after half an hour and we can put our feet up and relax and enjoy the game because we haven't had enough of those in my opinion this year so far. So I think that'll do it. Um, Guys, any uh, anything you just want to plug? I know, Chief, you'll not be writing um, because you've got better things to do. Ever. And yeah. yeah. Um, so Twitter handles or or anything at all? No, yeah, nobody you, wants to follow us either, do they? Yeah, and nobody, nobody's really interested. But if you want to hear some kind of rabbled rants, then you can follow me at Neil1980. Um, yeah. I wouldn't, but uh, you might want to. All right, Umara? Yeah, mine's underscore U-M-A-R-A if anyone's interested. Not really okay. anything exciting happening at the moment. So. Okay, Umara really selling it to us there. So, you know, get, <laughs> get, get on that before Twitter does that thing where you can't follow. You can only have so many followers. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, thanks very much for your company. It's been a... A pleasure as always, and I suppose we'll just see everybody next time then.